This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast for Parshas Nosoi. As we mentioned before, this is entering into the, the period where, for a brief time, the uh, schedule will be different for Chutz Loritz and Eretz Yisrael. Here in Eretz Yisrael, we're already on Parshas Bahal because we only had one day of Yom Tif. Uh, whereas in Chutz Loritz, they're on, still on Parshas Nosoi, so we're going to... Um, uh, go according to the, the Hutzel Art schedule because most of our listeners are, are from there. Um, at any rate, Parshas Nosoi is um, significant for a few uh, different uh, Parshas that are contained within it. I think we're going to, to um, s- uh, focus today on one of the Parshas, which is not um, very lengthy, actually. Uh, it's the parshas of the Birkas Kohanim, uh, which is significant because uh, most of the parsh, most of the uh, large part of the parsha, is devoted to the uh, matonis of the Nesim, that's the, uh, the leaders of the Shvotim, to the Mishka, and um, this is something which is uh, the same for each each Nasi. We also read it on Hanukkah. Um, and that is a pretty, uh, you know, significant statement. It's it's uh, it takes up a, quite a bit of time in terms of the actual laning. Uh, the Birkas Khanim is just a few psukim. Nevertheless, uh, the Birkas Khanim is also extremely important. Uh, we're told that when Aharon Coin saw the procession of all these. Uh, Wagons full of gold and silver and various matonas that they brought, that he was um, a little upset, like, you know, what's my part in it? Uh, and he was reassured by Moshe Rabbeinu that, you know, your part is even bigger than their part. But this whole question of what is the Birkas Ghanim about and something which is still practiced today, uh, here in Etzisrael, uh, a lot of places do it every day. Others have the meaning just to do it um, uh, by Musaf. But, um, it's uh, in the rest of the world. It's it's usually only on Toivim, but anyway, it's something that is very um, uh, very significant, and it goes to the very heart of what Yiddishkeit is all about, and uh, what the, what the whole concept of bruchas is about. Um, the concept of bruchas goes way back to the beginning because the whole idea of Avraham Avinu that he was. Uh, uh, able to give brachas, uh, and Hashem gave him the bracha that whoever he blessed would be blessed. And then there was all throughout the parshas Bereshis, we have the different parshas of the the uh, um, the Ovis, you know, the competition to get the brachas from father to son uh, during that whole period, and um, eventually even going ultimately to Moshe Beno giving the uh, brachas in. Uh, at the end of his life, to Klal Yisrael, each of the Shvatim, uh, individually. So this concept of giving brachas, it was a very, very significant thing. And here we have uh, Aaron and the Kohanim being um, charged with this obligation 
to bless all of Klali's soul, to give this Birkos Kahanam, the priestly blessing. And what is that really about, and what, is it, what does it mean? Um, so in order to understand that, and you know, is, is this only Shaykh to Kahanam? Is this something that only the, the Kahanam are participating in? In order to understand that, we have to even go a little deeper to understand really from Brias Oilam itself, uh, what is the whole concept of bruchas? And we have the bruchas and the klolis and the idea of din and as opposed to chesed and the role of the kahanim in general in, in creation as a whole, um, even though it came on the scene only, only later on. Um, there's a very um, important statement that we're told that the world was originally created with din and Hashem saw that, the, that it couldn't be sustained just with din alone, so he then uh, partnered with the din, also rachamim, mercy. Um, so it can't just exist on on strict judgment or strict um, um, din, which we we usually refer to in terms of justice. But you can also uh, it's it's also related to the whole concept of a certain. On you know, non-budging strictness of you know rules and laws that cannot be broken, and if they are, there are serious consequences. So the fact is that Hashem saw obviously from before creation altogether that in order for a, a world, a creation to to exist, it has to be run according to rules. There's you know there's natural law, and there's uh, laws of behavior of people one to another and of animals, you know, one to another. All Everything was run according to a strict law whereby if that law is violated there, you know, and especially as a violent on a regular basis, the world cannot exist. Um, and we really found that out, you know, in the story of, uh, of Noyach, that the world uh, just started falling apart because people weren't following the rules. And it had to be destroyed altogether and, and, and started basically, you know, reset switch. Uh, I had to start it all over again. So this is a very um, significant um, realization, very significant understanding that this is the only way that was going to work. Um, so the whole concept of uh, of, of, of this, this going according to strict din even goes to, we're told, you know, that it, it went back to even before the world was actually created. Um, there's 974 generations that did evil. It's, it's a whole, whole story about that. I won't go into it in depth. But the idea is that there was a lot of uh, evil going on, which was necessary to have in order that mankind should have free choice. And uh, it led to what's going to be called Shvira which is that the entire uh, whole structure collapsed and had to be rebuilt and had to be, and then by the creation of the world with the Masai Breshis, uh it received a, a, to a large extent a tikkun, it, it was, was corrected. Um, but then with the it's a, a Das, when Adam and Chava uh, sinned once again, that kind of ruined the whole thing and everything, you know, the corruption returned to the world. So, in any case, it was obvious that things had to go a little bit differently in order for stuff to uh, to, to continue, and there had to be uh, introduced an aspect of uh, compassion, mercy. You know, uh, if, if a person does something wrong, you can still forgive them, and we can still go go on, as opposed to everything just you know falling apart. Um, 
And that led to a whole structure of Chesed and Rachman being in, being integrated into the system where they have the power to sweeten the din, to 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 make sure this judgment doesn't go out of soifin until the end, and that there are ways of um, of mitigating that and still allowing creation to continue. So really, what we see is that. The Kohanim themselves represent Chesed in the world. The Shoirish, the the uh, source of the the Shamas of the Kohanim, comes from a source of Chesed, and Chesed is the um, balancing force to Din. You cannot have successfully integrate Din without also being combined with Chesed. And that is represented by the concept of bruchas. So it's not like the existence and the and the avoid of the kahanim is something that's kind of optional and something that we can live without. It's something that absolutely must be there. And that's why um, the world is very much suffering for the fact that we don't have the Bismiktish today because that was the uh, real place where the kahanim um, had their major influence and they, they really, you know, had had the the uh, major role there. So the role of bringing down the Shefa, which is what we usually consider to be the idea of Bruchas and uh, the function of the Besamikdash in terms of assuring that we would have constant uh, uh, energy being coming into the world and that there be a a, um, a, a compensation for, you know, an um, atonement for sins and that kind of thing to get rid of the guilt and all that. So, of course, that's an extremely important um, function in, order to, in terms of, like, clearing the slate and, and clearing the passageways for the, uh, for the necessary energy to come down. But we don't very often appreciate the concept of the, uh, the importance of the essential balance that was necessary in order to keep the r- world running on one hand to be able to balance the concept of din and this this whole idea of how the world is constantly being judged and constantly being um uh kept in in uh, in, uh working order simply by the rule of the uh of, of these laws and uh, and rules, we also have this uh, I, I, an additional idea of bringing extra bracha, which is a, an expression of love um, for the world as a whole, for all the bria. So this is what we we see with Aaron the coin, the coin Godel, that his uh, uh, outstanding characteristic was that he. Was Oyevus Abrius Makarvan the Torah? He he loved every living thing, every ever living thing, every every creation of Hashem, and wanted to uh, to Makarv it to the Torah in the sense that the Torah should be the way that we interact with it to bring it out to its ultimate potential. So that is the idea that. Uh, everything is important, but it needs to be brought out, and it also has to be dealt with in a loving way. Um, 
that brings out his potential. As I had this, this situation with the uh, jasmine bush that, you know, like showing it appreciation and uh, giving it a little love, you know, it, it, it flourished and uh, brought forth uh, an abundance of, uh, of, of flowers uh, that I, I saw myself almost the difference. So the point is that, that this is something that we can bring into our own lives because, of course, we're supposed to integrate these qualities in our own personality and, 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 and in our own avoid that the uh, daily service that we do for Hashem, the daily davening that we do and everything, again, should not be just with ourselves in mind and thinking of, you know, that we want to maximize our... Uh, what we get out of the world or, you know, someone should forgive us for our sins and this kind of thing. It goes way beyond that to a really global scale where, again, for the, in order for the entire entirety of creation to be balanced between this din and this chesed, uh, we have to be having that in mind every single day and in the way that we deal with the world as well, that it should be a, in a sense of, of, of brucha and, uh, and, and bringing down this shefa of attention and um, and bounty into the world, uh, and again, not just for its the sake of uh, a minimum survival, but in the sense of maximizing it, so that it so the, the world becomes aware of Hashem's great love for for the the Bria as a whole and us as, as individuals, every every person is individual, that we should want to maximize that whole. That whole experience, and that is really our tachlis. And was that that was what we were set apart for? So just as Aaron Cohen was the Cohen Gudel and the Kohanim in general, like the shluchim, the the, the messengers of the of, of Israel to, to to you know be the ones that function the base of Mikdash, uh, the whole uh, the whole. Uh, the nation of Israel is characterized as a mamleches koyhanim. So davka mamleches koyhanim is a, a nation of priests. It's a nation, a nation of kohanim because the entire nation in, on the global scale is here to fulfill that function that the kohanim do in the Bismikdash. And especially now the Bismikdash is not, is not uh, functioning physically. Uh, it's even more important for each of us to look at ourselves as at himself, each individual look at himself as being this uh, having this position and being the shaliach of Hashem in the world to bring down the maximum in terms of the shefa and the uh, and the abundance that uh, Hashem really wants there to be. So that again is it, it's it, it's broadening our perspective to a much much larger scale and uh, being able to fulfill Hashem's vision for the world on a much higher level.